morning. So, so today we're beginning this new series called Haunted House. And, and this whole series, as Andrea said earlier, is going to be about fear. And, and ultimately, I think that if we live in fear, and if a church lives in fear, the church can look like a haunted house. And, and there's many churches today that do exactly that. They look like this haunted house because they have this fear inside of them. You know, it may be fear from the pandemic. It may be fear from, you know, we don't want to offend somebody. Or maybe it's fear because you might be surprised when someone doesn't realize you're a Christian. You know, and, and we have this fear that comes inside of us, and it even affects us as a whole body, as the body of Christ. But at some point, we all need to face our fears and move forward. You know, I also have a fear. You know, I, ha I have this fear of failure. And I think it goes with my CDO, you know, OCD, but in alphabetical order, CDO. I, I have this fear, of feel this fear of failure in my life. And, and it's not that, it's not about an ego. It's not about a pride thing. It's, I was raised to, if you're going to do something, do it to perfection. In my whole life, I've strived to be perfect. And unfortunately, I know on this side of heaven, we'll never be perfect. So I guess you can say I actually strive for greatness. I, I try and do the best I can at everything I do, and, and I don't like to fail. So I guess you could say I'm kind of a poor loser. So you might want not want to play games with me uh, because I, I might be the one who flips the board over if I start losing. But I think we all have some type of fear. Think about growing up, going to a haunted house. You know, you, you go to a haunted house as a kid, and, and maybe you're walking through this haunted house, or, or you're riding through the haunted house at Disney. You know, remember at Disney, at the very end, you turn, and there's like a ghost sitting between you guys, you know, and you look at each other, and the ghost isn't there. And, and as you go through this haunted house, I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, I came back home, I was on leave, and it was around Halloween time, and I went through a haunted house. And, and I asked the person at the beginning, I said, hey, when I go through this haunted house, no one's going to touch me, correct? And they said, no, don't worry, the actors are people in there, no one will touch you. And I said, you got to understand, I have this adverse reaction. If I get scared, I'm going to punch or hit something. I'm going to kick them, I'm going to punch them, something's going to happen. And they assured me, no, don't worry about it. They're told not to touch anyone. Don't worry about it. So we're going through this haunted house, and you hear the screams up ahead of you. So you know, and it's really dark, so your senses start to heighten. You know something's happening up around the corner. You're waiting, you know it's going to happen. And you kind of get up there, and you get around that corner, and boom, lights start flashing. And about that time, someone grabbed my shoulder. And when they grabbed my shoulder, I turned and bam. Well, come to find out the flash of light was them taking the pictures. You ever been online and you see all these pictures that people are in a haunted house? And just at a certain time when something jumps out, they get the pictures of them being scared. I wish I still had the picture because my picture showed me punching a monster in the face. And, and, and I sit there and I think back about it and I say, well, you know, y'all got proof you can take me to jail, but... He wasn't supposed to touch me. 
And, and I warned you ahead of time that I had this fear uh, of being there. And But I think we all kind of run into that own fear. Uh, I think all of us have some type of fear. And what about you? What's your fear? What is it that you fear in life? Each one of us does have a fear. We may not admit it. We, we may say, oh, I'm not going to admit I have a fear. And, you know, my, my brother Mike ain't going like this one. But some people may not like spiders and snakes. Now, I have a healthy agreement with spiders and snakes. As long as they stay away from me, they don't die. If a spider or snake comes near me, it's going to die. Now, I see Michael have an offense to that because Mike actually has pet snakes. So needless to say, Mike will never bring his pet snakes around me, and I will never go around his pet snakes. Even though I know they probably won't bite me because he probably keeps them well fed, but we have this understanding, you know. I, I think other times, you know, we... Not everybody's, not everybody's forte, exactly. Um, I think different people, we have different fears even as we're going through life. You know, what about... Maybe you got a fear of talking to someone about Jesus. You know, maybe that fear is, you know, I, I want to talk to them, but I can't talk to them. Or, or maybe that fear is, you know, telling someone you're a Christian, you're, work, you're at work. And we know when we're at work, people may talk a little different depending on what you do for a living. And, and maybe that fear is, you know, as, as they're talking and the way they're acting goes against what you believe, but you're afraid to tell them that you're a Christian. You know, you don't want to upset the apple cart. Maybe it's that having that hard conversation with a loved one. You know, hey, i got to have this conversation because I've got this sin in my life. Or maybe it's a sin in their life. And unfortunately, well, <coughs> unfortunately, we'll let this fear come up inside of us. And ultimately, when, when we let this fear come up inside of us, like even inside a church, we can end up like a haunted house. You see, as fear comes in and we become ineffective, what will we do? We close our shutters and we worry about what we see or hear out of all the different corners. And as a church, we become ineffective in doing what God calls us to do when we live by fear instead of by faith. And then we become this inward-focused church instead of this outward-focused sanctuary as individuals and as a church, we could end up becoming dim and dark and closed off, which is opposite of what God wants us to do. God wants us to live out his purpose and show his love. That's what we're called to do. And if we live in this dark, dim world and we live in this fear, we need to understand something. Even Jesus came into this dark world to save it. Jesus came into this dark world in order to save this world. And we need to understand that, that we can overcome the ineffectiveness of fear when we set our hearts on God's purposes and his unfailing love. And that's what we're going to look into today. That's what we're going to dig into. We're actually going to be in, in Scripture that a lot of you are going to be very familiar with. We're going to be in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. If you have a Bible with you, you open it up. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew where you can open up the app on your phone. Or as always, the scripture will be up on the screen also. So with that being said, John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. 
It says, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, I ask that you open up our eyes that we may see whatever fear it is that we may have. Lord, that we may be able to overcome our fear and that we, we may seek you and your light in all that we do. And Lord, may my words be your words and may your name be glorified when we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so this, this, this scripture actually describes the purpose of God sending Jesus to this world. God, God sent him in, into this world, and it was this contrasting agenda. It wasn't about condemning the world. It was about saving the world. It, it wasn't about us getting what we deserve, but for him to come to save each and every one of us. He uses these images of light and dark, which Jesus uses as that reality of sin, that, that sinful nature that each of us have, that sinful nature that's inside this world. And I think most of us have probably at some point in our life, memorize John 3.16. You see it at sporting events, behind the goals. You know, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? We don't love our next door neighbor. But yet God loved the world. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die for us. You want to know what God's purpose is? And you want to know where God's love sits? It sits inside the whole world. It, it sits inside that everybody would come to know him and that nobody would perish. That no one would perish. Think about that. When, when you think of the world, we think of, you know, there's darkness in this world. There are vile people inside this world. But you know, God loves them just like he loves the sweet, innocent, nice-spoken other person. And, and unfortunately, we'll sit there and say, hey, you know, I see this person. They're really nice. They're sweet. They're lovable. Everything about them I, I can understand. Man, I know why God loves them. But man, how can he love this murderer? How can he love this person who's vile? How, how can he, he do even have love for them? But see, that's our perspective and not God's. God loved the world. He created each and every one of us. He created us in his image. And through our own free will, we may not be doing what God's called us to do. But we need to continue to remember, he loved the world. He loved everything inside this world. He didn't, it doesn't say God loved the right people. It doesn't say God loved the people who were doing good. It doesn't say God loved the rich. It doesn't say God loves the poor. It says God loved the world. Think about that. God loved the world. 
That's huge. When you think of the world, it is huge. It's way bigger than any of us ever really think about what the world is. And understand that when, when God said he loves everybody and he wants no one to perish, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 said this. It says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God gave his son to give himself for us. He willingly came to this earth, willingly did what the Father told him to do, willingly went to a cross for that vile person and that sweet person. Are we willing to go to the cross for the vile person and the sweet person? See, our human nature will say we're going to go there for the nice person. Oh, we'll, we'll talk to this person about Jesus because they're nice and sweet. We won't talk to this person because, man, they don't deserve to go to heaven. It's not our choice to decide who deserves to go to heaven. It's not our choice. Our job is to do what he called us to do, to live the life and the purposes that God called us to live and understand that he sent his son as a sacrifice. He didn't have to send Jesus. He did not have to send Jesus to this world. He chose to send Jesus to this world. He'd been doing so much through the Old Testament, trying to get people to seek him, that he had to make a choice. He sent Jesus to this earth to die for our sins. He wasn't forced to do it. He did it. Why? Because he loved the world. He loved the world. Romans chapter 8 says this, He did not even spare his son, but gave him up for us all. In Ezekiel 18, 32, For I take no pleasure in anyone's death. This is the direction, the declaration of the Lord, so repent and live. God doesn't want anyone to perish. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance and come to follow his son. And, you know, I think about how many times, you know, we, we look at this. For God so loved the world, man, that's great. Man, he gave his only son, he gave Jesus, that's awesome. And he did it so if I accept him, I'll have eternal life. That's what we all remember out of this verse. We all forget the word perish. We all forget perish, that we shall not perish, that they shall not perish. And we kind of overlook this whole perish thing because Hey, I accepted Jesus. I'm good. I've got this eternal life. I'm going to spend eternity with God, and I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And we overlook perish. There are people who are going to perish because of their not believing in the Son of God. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. He gives that free gift. He gives that free gift, and there's people who will not accept the free gift. There's people who won't accept it in our lives. And unfortunately, we still overlook that word perish and understand. Perish isn't a physical death. Perish is living eternally without the presence of God. It's a spiritual death. And unfortunately, each one of us knows someone who's going to live that spiritual death who is going to perish because they have not accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And they're 
going to spend eternity distant from God. It's that permanent separation. But understand, remember here, God says he wants everyone to come to know him. He doesn't want anyone to receive this punishment. No one. But yet we'll choose who we tell about Jesus. We'll pick and choose who we want to talk to. We'll pick and choose things in our life. And a lot of times we'll do it out of fear because in, in, well, I work with these people. I can't tell them I'm a Christian. What will they think of me? What will they think of me if I don't talk and act like they talk and act? Are they going? You know, are they still going to talk to me? God extended His free gift to the world, not just us. It ain't us four no more. It's about everyone and allowing God to use each of us to spread His gospel, to offer that free gift of salvation, to plant the seeds in people's lives. Think about it. If I gave you a gift today and I said, hey, here's a gift, Mike. Mike, this for you, man. It's free. And Mike's sitting there looking back. Why are you giving me a gift? Because I want to, man. I love you as a brother here. Here's this gift. And you open it up and it's $100. You're going to be like, man, pastor was mighty generous. I got me $100. Or you're going to say, oh, no, I can't take this. Well, Mike, it's a free gift. Okay, I can't take it. Yeah, and there are people who will argue back and forth. Understand. Eternity, it's a free gift from God to us. He sent his son as a free gift. And we'll argue about, no, I can't take this gift. Or we'll pick and choose who we think deserves that free gift. God loved the world. God loved everyone in the world. Think about it. You ever sit back as, you know, we we live in this life of fear, and when you sit back and you start looking, you go, man, should talk to them about Jesus. Man, you know, I had that chance. I, I should have talked to them about Jesus, or, or maybe I should have stepped up and said, hey, you know, we, we shouldn't be living this kind of life, you know, let's, let's do something different. And, and you sit back and you start thinking about it, and, and then all of a sudden all these excuses or this fear comes up. You know the ones I'm talking about, what if? You know them what if fears that come up? Well, what if they don't like me? What if they reject me? What if they don't want to be my friend anymore? What if they walk away from me? What if? What if? What if they accept Jesus? That what if they accept Jesus is so much bigger than any of them other what ifs. But we will let that fear come up inside of us, and we won't do what God calls us to do. We won't pursue the purpose that God has for our life. Instead, we will live in that fear, and then we'll sit back and we'll ask them what-if questions, and then we'll have family members or friends who end up never accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and we've never taken that time to talk to them, and we will second-guess it for the rest of our life. When we allow that fear to come into our life, we become ineffective. We become ineffective in doing what God calls us to do. We end up freezing up, and when we freeze up, it undermines God's purpose for our life. So what is your fear? What is it that you have that fear about, that you're not allowing God to do what he wants you to do? 
Verse 19 tells us, The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. In John chapter 1, John actually mentions Jesus as the light. In chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. People love the darkness rather than the light. Wicked people love the darkness rather than the light. Today's culture loves the darkness rather than the light. Think about it. I would rather live in the darkness than in the light. I would rather do what I want than in the light. I would rather be self-centered than, than do what I want. I, you know, the world today takes pleasure in immoral behaviors, and they do not care that they're defying God's laws and God's plan and God's view of what is right and what is wrong. Think about it. Think about it in the world today. What the Bible says is right, the world says is wrong. What the Bible says is wrong, the world says is right. It's totally turned upside down from what God's Word calls us to do. But it's so much easier. You know, it's so much easier to sin than do the right thing. Sinning comes easy. And generally there's pleasure or excitement or fun involved in sinning. But you know, there's also fun and excitement in doing what God calls us to do. In doing the right thing, there is fun and excitement that comes in it. Because guess what? If you're doing the right thing, you're going to be different than everybody else. And we're all called to be different, right? So why not be different for what God calls us to do instead of being the same as the world around us? And instead, living in this darkness, be the light and shine your light into this dark world. God so loved the world. God wants the repentance of everyone. And let me tell you, if, if our heart is for what God calls us, we should ache for those people who are not doing what God called us to do. We should ache for someone who loves the darkness. We should ache for someone who hasn't repented of their sins. We should ache for those family and friends and loved ones and anyone else that we know that is living a life contrary to what God's word says. It should hurt us deep inside because it hurts God. If he loved the world, he sent his son to die on a cross for the world. Shouldn't it bother us if we know someone who hasn't accepted Jesus? But so many times we just blow it off. Well, I know them. Well, Pastor, you don't know my cousin. No, but you know who does know your cousin? Jesus. Jesus knows your cousin. God knitted your cousin in your aunt's womb. But we will blow it off. Oh, well, you don't know them. God loved the world. We need to love the world. Not the way the world is. We need to love the world the way God loved the world. That everyone would come to a saving knowledge of him. And as we, you know, you look at Martin Luther actually referred to sin as like an ingrowing or turning in. He actually said this. He said, Scripture describes man as so curved in upon himself that he uses not only physical but even spiritual goods for his own purposes, and in all things seeks only himself. And see, that's what happens when, when we avoid 
doing what God calls us to do. When we have that fear, we become inward looking and we start looking inside. Like I said, we become that, that haunted house where we're looking inward instead of outward. And, and we get so afraid of reaching out to this dark world that our, all of our spiritual activities like coming to church, going to Bible study, working on our own sanctification, it, it all becomes me-focused. And that doesn't honor God. Because holiness, if it is self-holiness, it means nothing to God. Our holiness and everything we do should be outward focused. Yes, it's good for you to take time and dig into God's word. Yes, it's good to come to church. Yes, it's good to, to you know, go to Bible studies. All of those are good things as long as you're doing it for a reason to be able to outreach and tell others about it. If it is just inward focused and it's about me, myself, and I, that's not what God calls us to do. Our holiness should be so everyone can see it. It's not this inward thing. And unfortunately, when we end up with this self-centered life and we, we try and live this Christian life of it's all about me, myself, and I, we kind of end up like an ingrown toenail. Think about it. You ever had an ingrown toenail? They hurt, don't they? You know, they start to and they just turn and they grow back inside and and, and it causes all this pressure and nastiness on your toe. And every time you put on your shoe or you step on it, there's this pain that comes with it. Well, that's what it should feel like when you're inward focused. You should have that pain. You should have that hurt. There should be pressure on you that, man, I got to get this out. I got to get rid of this ingrown toenail. Well, the same thing, if you're inward focused and it's all about you, it's time for you to pull it out and make it come out. Make it come out so it's an outward focus, seeking others instead of yourself. Seeking to glorify him and bringing his saving knowledge to the world. It's a dark world out there. We need to be the light inside this world. We, we can't just live a life in darkness or live this life in fear. You see, when we become afraid of this dark world, we're allowing fear to take a hold of our lives and we're not going to be pursuing what God calls us to do. We're going to be pursuing what we want us to do instead of what he calls us to do. And you've got to understand, it's up to us as a church to be the light in this world. It's up to every one of us as believers that hey, we need to go shine our light. We need to shine our light into the world. You know, one of the reasons, you know, we're doing a trunk or treat, and, and I want to let you know we're doing trunk or treat. We're not celebrating Halloween. We're, we're not here to celebrate Halloween. Because ultimately, you think about it, kids are going to go trick-or-treating anyways, right? Whether we give them candy or someone else, people are going to go trick-or-treating. And most of you, if you don't live in a 55-plus community where you don't have any kids, you're probably going to buy candy, so when they come knocking on your door, you're going to hand candy out to them. But you'll sit up inside church saying, I don't want to do trunk or treat. We're not going to celebrate Halloween, but yet you'll go ahead and make sure you got candy for the kids at home. Or you're going to do the total opposite. You're going to turn off all your lights, and you're going to go ahead and close your blinds, and you're going to go to an inward part of your house, and you're going to sit there nice and quiet, hoping that they don't see the light of you sitting farther back in your house. 
and you're going to be this inward focused fear and why I can't give them no candy. And you're going to have that inward focus instead of outward focused and have a kid come up to your door and be able to talk to them about Jesus and be the light in the world. That's why we started Trunk or Treat last year. This church had never done it. I came here and we started, we had our first Trunk or Treat last year. And I want to encourage you, get involved in Trunk or Treat. They're going to go trick-or-treating anyways. So why not let them come to a safe place where we can be the light into this dark world? You know, there, there's ideas back there. Uh, last year, you know, there's pictures of even our vehicles. You know, I remember Tracy and Lori Fry, they had, they had their, the back of their truck set up like they were hunting. And it had a target on it that said, we aim for Jesus. So it's shining the light. There are so many different ways that you can play on the words of Halloween and trunk or treat to focus on Jesus. So as we bring them here on and we invite them on the church property, we invite them to come in, be the light. And if you don't want to decorate your car, hey, just come out here and at least sit in someone else's car. We had a blast last year. Like I said, we gave out almost 10,000 pieces of candy. Almost 10,000 pieces of candy. That's a whole lot of sugar. That's a whole lot of light into this dark world. And remember, they're going to go trick-or-treating anyways. But let's go ahead and let our light shine and be what God, who God called us to be. Matthew 5.16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Bible screams to let, that we should let our light shine. Be that city on a hill. How many of y'all remember singing as a kid, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We didn't hide under a bushel or a basket, right? No! That's the only time I could yell no as a kid. I loved it. I could yell it really loud and not get in trouble. Yell no in my house, boy, mom would sling that shirt around the corner. But we, we, we forget. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to let our light shine. Let our light shine before others. And I'd encourage you, let your light shine. Let your light shine. And, and lastly, we need to understand where our power and our motivation should come from as we go into this world. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. What's your fear? What's the fear that's in your life? What is holding you back from doing what God called you to do? Each one of us fears something. Some fears are healthy. But a lot of fears just cripple us. And stop us from doing what God's called us to do. I want you to think about that this week. What is your fear? And remember, where does your power come from? It comes from God. It comes from the Spirit. Like Andrea said this morning, it comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living inside of us allows us to go forward, allows us to be bold and be a witness for Jesus in this dark world. We're to be the light. It's not about coming in here on a Sunday, doing the check marks. I, I tell you all the time, 
God wants our holiness. He doesn't want check marks. He wants us to be like him. He doesn't want us to check off and say, I went to church, I went to Bible study, I read the word. That's really good. Are you doing that for yourself or are you doing it for him? Because if you're doing it for him, you're never going to worry about a check mark. You're going to worry about your next door neighbor. You're going to worry about your family member. You're going to worry about someone in your life that doesn't know Jesus that, guess what, is going to perish. They're going to perish. Do your part. Do not let fear overtake you. Overcome fear because we have no spirit of fear. fear. We have no spirit of fear. Jesus came into this dark world in order to save it. If Jesus can come into this dark world in order to save it, then we can do our part. Don't become ineffective by fear and not be able to live out God's purpose and love that he's calling us to live out. We've each got to do our part. So you're going to live in fear and become crippled and inward focused or you're going to be an outwardly focused person seeking the lost in everything that you do. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Don't let someone you love perish. Plant the seed. Be the change. Be the light in the darkness. And you may be sitting here and say, well, that's good, Pastor, but I haven't even done that. I'm one of them who are going to perish. I'm going to perish because I haven't accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Well, you can lock that down today. God's Word says today is the day of salvation. Now, you may be thinking, well, Pastor, you don't know me. You don't know my life. I live in this dark world. I thrive in this dark world. I love all these immoral things in this dark world. That's okay. God sent his son because he loves the world. He isn't asking you to be perfect. He isn't asking you to have it all together. He's just asking you to believe in him. God's word says we all fail and we all fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, including me. I fail every day and fall short of the glory of God. I strive to be perfect knowing I'm never going to be perfect. And guess what? I mess up. Everyone has sin in their life to include me. Everyone's sin's just different. So if you're waiting to get it all together, you're never going to get it all together. It will take forever and a day. But if you want to start making that change in your life, because God so loved the world, God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. It starts with coming up and asking Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior. Allowing him to direct your life. Allowing him to change you from the inside out. 
that's where it starts. And I will say that's the easy part because the hard part is after you accept Jesus and he starts to change you from the inside out. If you've been living in that dark world, you've been living in this culture and you've been doing what it calls you to do, you're going to be the one who's changing. As he changes you from the inside out, you're going to start being that light. And some of your friends and family who love the darkness, all of a sudden are going to avoid you like the plague. But you can still be that light. And then you can be the same one to tell your testimony and say, hey, you remember when I was here. You remember how messed up and jacked up I was? You remember what I was doing. Well, see, I met Jesus on this day. And man, look at what Jesus is doing in my life. I'm still not perfect. I still ain't got it all together. But I ain't that person I was over there. I'm not that person anymore. I remember who that person was, but I'm not that person anymore. And be the light in your surroundings. Be the light in this world. Don't let fear stop you from doing for what God called you to do. Amen? And maybe you're sitting there and you're just like, well, pastor, I am that fear person. Man, I am so inward focused. I'm like an ingrown toenail that needs to be operated on. It hurts just looking at it. You know, maybe you need to take them steps and give it back to God and say, Lord, open up my heart. Remind me of the day I accepted you as your Lord, as my Lord and Savior. Remind me of that joy, that peace, that excitement I had to follow you, that I had to go tell somebody. Because see, what happens is we lose that fire. We, we lose that urge to go, and we just become these lazy Christians. We just become content. Recapture that fire the day you accepted Jesus. I remember the day I accepted Jesus. I wanted to tell everybody about it. And to this day, I'm still trying to tell everybody about him. Don't let fear stopping you from telling someone about Jesus. Amen? Amen. So during this final song, if you've never accepted Jesus, you can come up here. I'll be off to the side. We can talk about it. We can pray about it. Or if you just need prayer. Maybe, maybe you've got that fear in your life that, that you just need God to take away and you want prayer about it. Hey, I'll be right over there where you can pray about it. Or you can even come up to this altar, kneel at the altar and give it to God and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with your Heavenly Father. Just come up and say, Papa, I've been messing up. I'm not living like you called me to live. Whatever it is. So during this final song, I encourage you to make that move so let's pray first heavenly father heavenly father i raise up those here in this room for those who want church online whether watching live or watching the video later lord you did not give us a spirit of fear but lord we will walk around fear and so many different things in this life lord i ask that you give us that strength give us that power let us see you and let us especially see when we fail you. Lord, that we will be a light inside this world, that we will shine our light into the darkness and have people come to know you. Lord, you love the world. You love the world so much as you sent your only son to die on a cross for us.
Meanwhile, Lord, we're huddled up in, a, in our holy huddles. We're looking inward. Well, I know where I'm going. Lord, make our hearts hurt for what your heart hurts for. Make us see what it is you want us to see. Open our eyes that we will see your purpose, that we will see your love, and that we will try and be like you each and every day. Make us be the change. And let us be the change that we want to see in this world. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.